0: You are listening to the Bobcat Sports Talk Podcast, a weekly podcast discussing all things Radford High School sports. If you have any suggestions, questions, or a topic you'd like to hear us discuss, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at bobcatsportslive at gmail.com. And now let's take a listen to what's happening this week in Bobcat Sports with Michael Davis and Timothy Worlds.
1: Hey there, Bobcat Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Bobcat Sports Talk. It's your host, Michael Davis, alongside Tim Morales. Damn, short week, long week. Had a lot going on. Had some basketball to watch. Had some wrestling matches, some indoor track. It finally feels good to get back in sports, especially with that long week off.
0: Winter sports is back, and it's good. Like you said, got the, got the Facebook page busy on Bobcat Sports Live, and all the athletes are in full force right now, and we got a whole lot more to cover to in this episode than we did uh, last week when nothing happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome to be able to sit here and actually just kind of talk to you about actual sports instead of how we didn't get to play any and about COVID and, and how we actually got to watch some fantastic basketball this week, and, and we'll dive into that, but we got some other sports to talk about first, uh, some indoor tracks, some wrestling matches happened over the week as well, right?
0: Yeah. You know, the, the, really the, the reason why we started this talk show is to cover not just, you know, the basketball sports and kind of the major really basketball has been the one that's really gotten Bobcat sports live off the ground, but to highlight the other sports that are going on. And, and like you said, Michael, we had two of those sports going in action this week that many people, may not know much about and so we're gonna highlight as much as we can and we've already lined up some interviews here in the future in the episodes. I know we keep talking about that, but we actually have talked to the coaches and we've we're we're getting some of them scheduled. So um but yeah the first one being I think that we can start discussing is the wrestling team right for High School wrestling team.
1: Yeah I mean they had their first uh meet of the year. Um uh, they they wrestled against Carroll County. Uh, they won 42 to 33 against Carl County. It was at home. Um, that being said, me personally don't know a lot about wrestling, but uh, it's always good when the wrestling team can go in and get their first win of the season.
0: Yeah, one and oh, baby. And the wrestling in the main gym now, if you know, years ago, the wrestling team always wrestled either in the armory or in the King Center. Yeah. And here of late, the last two years, they've been using the main gym. And, uh, and I was in there when they were warming up, and it and, uh, looks like some stocky, strong dudes out there on the wrestling team this year. And coached by uh, Coach Dwayne Martin, I believe this is his second season as well. Him, He and I both entering their coaching careers during COVID last year. He did a really good job with the wrestling team. And um, did you have that roster pulled up earlier? Do you still have that pulled up? Or you can mention some of the names so people can know them. Maybe we can get one of them or two of them on, on uh, the podcast the next two weeks or so.
1: Yeah, that would be great. I do have it um, right here. I had the schedule pulled up. I got the roster. Um, looks like a, a lot of young talent on the team. We got a lot of 10th graders, a lot of 9th graders. Uh, let's go over a few names. Uh, 10th grader Rick Bailey, uh, Darren Buckland, Charlie Davis, Lance Duncan, Jack Farmer, J.D. Garner-Rollins, Jacob Lewis, Dominic Lyons, uh, Dawson Martin, Jackson Wade, Bryant Weaver, Taven Williams. Um, varsity roster filled literally with ninth and 10th graders. Galen Ware, by the way, is the assistant coach. So only ninth and 10th graders on the roster.
0: I wonder if that's completely updated. Pretty sure, that's pretty sure Dawson and Charlie and all those boys who played football this year are juniors.
1: I was about to say, that sound Ricky, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, that's a, that is a lot of uh, sophomores and freshmen there. I don't know. I clicked, by the way, I want to say definitely am on the varsity <laughs> roster on the website of Radford High School.
0: So- well, hey, we'll highlight their, their start off the season one and oh, they've got a meet coming up here soon at William Bird let's let's do some work Michael in the next few episodes and let's get uh, one of the guys on here including a coach and let's let's let them discuss their own sport and and learn us some stuff about wrestling and uh so we can be more supportive of it
1: yeah that sounds great the only uh wrestling I know is back in the day when you know Ron Smackdown used to split off and, and they used to hit people with chairs and. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's
0: what the wrestling's going on in the main gym of Rafford High School, though.
1: No, but I will say I do agree with you. I think it's amazing that they're actually finally in the main gym. They can host tournaments there. They can have meets I mean, isn't it great that you can come in and have a full-on meet going on? You can have fans in attendance. I mean, look at the programs like like Christiansburg winning state titles. They're not wrestling in some random place where no one can come visit and like watch like they're wrestling in good places so I think it's good for the the team I think it's good for the program when you can walk into the main gym and have your mats rolled out and you're having um, competing against other competition you can have more than one school there as well so I think it's great I think it's good that they've moved I know they had issues in the armory back in the day so I think it's great that they're moved over to the gym so kind of to highlight what you said earlier but
0: all right, let's move on to a, another sport. I was uh, talking to their coach uh, just yesterday. I saw a couple posts about them, and that's the indoor track team. You know, many people in Rafford probably never even knew that we have an indoor track team. It took me like years into high school. I was in high school, and I was like, "Oh, we have an indoor track team," and they're pretty good. They're doing really good. They've had um, they competed at the Liberty Christmas Invitational yesterday, Saturday, and um, We're recording this on Sunday night, so yesterday on Saturday. And let me just read the uh, follow-up from that meet. Um, Jack Davis, Connor, uh, Houston, uh, Tariq, Imam, Michael, some of these names I don't even know how to pronounce the last names, so I apologize. Uh, uh, Kellen Bishop and Vance Steele all ran great races. Uh, Kellen qualified for the uh, 1-2A VHSL state championship in the 1,600 run with a time of 4 minutes and 50 seconds. Vance qualified in the 300-meter run with a 39.58 for the state championship meet as well. One track meet, and we got two guys, Mr. Bishop and uh, Mr. Vance Steele,
1: already qualified for the state meet. That's impressive. I mean, we talk about it all the time on this podcast. We know the expectations when Rafford High School shows up to any sport. So when you can have one indoor track meet and have two guys um, already qualify uh, for states, that's amazing. So shout out to those guys. Um, A whole season ahead of them. So it's interesting. I actually think, I assume, I'll I'll assume that it's similar to swimming. Like once you qualify, you kind of just iron your times out a little bit. So um, shout out to them. they got a long season to go. But hopefully we can get some more guys and girls uh, qualify for states what
0: relief already for those two guys to to know they're going to be competing in the state uh, uh meet here coming up so um uh coach jenna said you know our next meets on they have one on january the 8th and then january the 29th and then regions in february and then states after that so pretty quick season not a lot of meets but uh you got to think these guys just probably came out cross country doing indoor track and then they'll be getting into outdoor track here soon. So it's a whole long year thing. And, you know, we had a pretty successful uh, cross country season uh, as well. So uh, go Bobcats, whether it's indoors, outdoors, on the court, on the track, whatever it is on the mat. Um, Rafford doing good. So um just wanted to highlight those two teams who just started action, both of them very successful first outings, the season debuts. Uh, so really proud of them. We also talked to coach Jenner and uh, hopefully before that one of those two meets in January, we'll have her on, on this podcast. So we can talk to her a little bit more and uh, about indoor track and she can let everyone know. So if you're listening, we're still trying to get this talk show going. It's been me and Michael up to this point, but we are working on other stuff. So let's, uh, if you would, continue helping us grow this thing. Um, it's all about Bobcat sports, and so we may even pull some of our fans on here. Or should we say fans? Fans of Bobcat. Bobcat Nation. I don't think they're fans Bobcat of us. Nation. Bobcat Nation uh, on this so that other people can talk about That would be pretty cool, actually. Get some, give us some of the old faithful here in Rafford at the Bobcat Nation to get on here and talk about Bobcat sports.
1: I mean, I, I, I won't disagree with you. I know I'm not the only one that loves sitting here and chopping it up about uh, Rafford High School athletics. So, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have a lot to say about a lot of things. So, I think people would enjoy that.
0: Yeah. Hey, by the way, both of those teams, I believe, well, I take that back. Wrestling has a Facebook page, Rafford High School Wrestling, uh, if you want to keep up with all things uh, wrestling at Rafford High School. And so, if you're a Bobcat fan, we want to encourage you don't just be football and basketball. Okay. Uh, be all the sports support our kids we these kids are awesome and um really proud of them and so go take a follow on the wrestling page come out to a match sometime I know they'll be having another home match possibly uh, this season uh, come support them and, and support the indoor track team so if you see these kids out uh, in the community you can congr- congratulate them and, and really boost up their their confidence
1: yeah you're absolutely right um, shout out to them but you know what we're really here for right now is to dive into some basketball. So let's, let's swing on over
0: (laughs) this episode, right? Others will highlight the other ones.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But we finally got our first action of boys basketball this season. Yep. And we'll dive in. We got two games to talk about and both were completely different from each other in different aspects. So let's dive into the first game. So they, the boys played Pulaski on Friday. Battle of the
0: Bridge. Hope Pulaski came in really thinking they're going to beat
1: us. Absolutely. Now, and, and we'll kind of set the scene here because I got to the gym early. Now, I had to set up. We had to call the game. So I, I was there about two
0: we, hours. We after. called the game. You did all the setup. I'll admit yeah. that. <laughs>
1: that is, hey, I wasn't going to say anything.
0: but <laughs> You were alluding to it. You were, you were hinting toward it.
1: <laughs> so, But from the time I got to the gym, you could almost feel the tension in the air that this was not a normal game. I mean, we had talked about earlier what, whether, you know, how the boys were going to come out, were they going to come out slow, hot, you know, they hadn't played all year. They had been practicing for nine weeks up to this point, you know, what we were going to see and Pulaski came in, you know, 3-0 and on the year. They had beat Floyd and Floyd gave Bradford Fitz last year. And they were definitely threatening to come in. And we can kind of talk about what happened, but the boys put a hurt on Pulaski County on Friday night.
0: Yeah, I mean, as the newspaper article read, Pulaski had two guys out, and supposedly one of those guys was <laughs> their best ball handler. So we'll put that in there. Give them credit well, to
1: to sure. that. I- before you move on i will say i don't know the score now because we're recording this during the saints game but <laughs> saints are playing the bucks right now and uh with the saints have wh- someone who's not even a quarterback playing quarterback and they're up or they were up so <laughs> you know
0: well anyway hey that's that i'm just i'm just saying what the Roanoke times said that was one of the first things that said was Plasky's out with to their main ball handlers are best athletes, and basically that's telling me that we shouldn't have won that game. And next time we play them at Pulaski, it may be a different story in their in their story. But I wanted to go back how satisfying that game was as a Bobcat fan. Now that we're basically talking to just Bobcat fans here, I'm sure on this on this podcast that it was really satisfying because you can, like you said, Michael, you could feel. It, like, they even had a student section here at Rafford, you know, taking on much of the bleachers, like, hey, we're going to come witness, huge. kick y'all's butt, but we kicked their butt. But, yeah, it was yeah. huge. It, it was kind of right in front of us, and I was testing my patience a little bit, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to talk to Wade about getting us a new section there down, maybe on <clears throat> the court side. We'll have to talk about
0: that. I did talk to him about that. His words was, I'm not opposed to it right now.
1: Okay, I'll take that. So you so,
0: may hopefully the radio will have a little
1: court action. Uh, yeah. So their student segments I was actually impressed. So we've t- we kind of alluded to this a few times, like you know the Bobcat faithful need to come out and support um, these young men and women uh, on the basketball court, it, and you felt that in the air. I mean, the place was packed. Um, yeah,
0: great turnout, both both teams.
1: I, I thought it was a great atmosphere. You know, I would have loved Pulaski to show up a little better, um, so then in the fourth quarter, there wouldn't have been less people. Uh, <laughs> but I thought the game was fantastic. Starting off, by the way, I give give credit to um, what's that young man from Pulaski?
0: JJ um, Gully, number one. JJ
1: Gully, number one, um, had twelve points in all in, in the half first time. half. All in the first half. Um, halftime adjustment by Coach Cormann. He shut him down. They, he had zero points in the second half. And really, he got into foul trouble, and so he was on the bench for uh, most of the third quarter, but just really couldn't do anything offensively. So I was impressed with that because I didn't know what our defense was going to look like. I was really impressed with a lot of facets. We can kind of dive into that, but it was a great game. I mean, it was a great way to start the season, starting off 1-0 in a dominating fashion. It was a good start. Yeah, final score
0: 62-31, to 31, literally doubling uh, their score. And you got to think about it, Rafford, smaller school, well smaller than Pulaski, huge rivals, battle of the bridge, Pulaski coming in three, 0 they've already played a few games, including Floyd. They've, they've beat Floyd put pretty handily up to this point and Rafford extremely young. Um, truth be told of this one, maybe not the wrestling team, but this one, there's a lot of sophomores on this team uh, for basketball. And, who knows? And you know, I was like, Hey, what, what's going to happen? I do think, Hey, give credit to coach Wade on this one. I think he brought up a good point how it, it was, it was really good to have a home game uh, for the first game of the year, being on your court in front of your fans and, um, and whatever. And, you know, unfortunately they're missing two players, but Michael, do you really think those two players would have made up the
1: 30 point difference? No, I don't. Um, I, and I, in- you could You could argue it would make up twelve points um but I do not think in any capacity it would make up thirty points now you could you can say it might, but I don't I think the the defense that we saw, especially um from prelo and and even Kelly coming out in the dynamic shift I mean we've got guys guarding men all over the court, and so to shut down a team the way we did on Friday. I was impressed with, but not only the defense, from the offensive side of the ball, uh, Elijah Kelly. I mean, we saw flashes of him last year, but what he, the show he put on Friday night was electric. I mean, I, I said it on the broadcast. He really looked like a, a Kevin Durant-type player, long, lanky, big wingspan, can shoot the three ball, and when he slammed those balls down, especially the first one that caught me off guard even, <laughs> um, I, I was impressed with his play offensively. So, and, and you could say we did Landon Clark didn't even play until basically the fourth quarter and he came in and knocked down his first three, probably the best three, uh, three point shooter we have on the team. So yeah. to go from the defense that, I mean, we were basically locking him down. Uh, yeah. it was what? 24 to 14 at half, I believe.
0: Yep. yep. Um, started so out went... the second half, nine, zero run from the get go. Elijah Kelly was the first five of those points. Um, so, um, and then coach Cormany, I was poking some fun with him on Saturday. We're up 18, uh, coming out of that run. They call a timeout. He comes out full court, man to man.
1: (laughs) Well, it's kind of one of those, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, in in football, you you see this a lot of football when a team's up big and they're just kind of running the football, running the football, running the football, and then coach calls timeout to to save some things or do some things like hey we're just trying to get the ball we'll fine we'll throw a touchdown you know if, if that's what you want to do if you want to waste our time we'll throw a touchdown on the top so it's the same idea in basketball if you want to you know we're killing you at this point we can we can make it worse for you and that and that's kind of what coach cornley did um no malice there but it just is what it is but I I was very impressed. You know, I was even impressed with Nathan Wesley coming out. His Mm -hmm. role has changed over the years. He's a senior leader on the team, but, you know, we kind of talked on air that I feel like he needs to be um, more of a senior leader in the locker room. Yeah. Um, You know, his role has changed running the, used to run the point guard primarily. And he still does when he's on the floor uh, for the Bobcats this year, but it just looks differently. He doesn't have to score as much as he might have had to before and now he can really sit back control run the offense for the guys. so i think i think he did well um getting getting the guys out, out of pinches a few times on friday so i was impressed with him the way he's coming on the court and his role has changed this year
0: yeah nathan nathan's not gonna be the scorer for us not saying he's incapable of it but coach cormady and his staff talk a lot about roles and i think That's the conversation they've had with Nathan over the last few years. You're not the guy we need scoring 20 points a game. You can, and, you know, but we don't need you to force it. We need you just to control the offense and get, get our guys into place. And we saw where Nathan is capable of scoring when needed. In, In fact, getting a few and ones, um, both on Friday and Saturday, the boys did play last night as well. And so, um, and defensively, the Bobcats are always going to do what they do best. And that's what Coach Corney said in the Runner Times article. Like, look, the only thing we could rely on tonight, we had, we have no we have no idea what kind of team. He said this is like the first time in years that has zero idea what to expect coming into this year. I don't know where my scoring is going to come from. I don't know who's going to be the stud. I don't know who's going to be my leader. One thing we can rely on, though, is playing defense, and I hope we did that. And I think they did it excellently against Pulaski. And I, I told you, Michael, before the game, you know, you asked me what the key was. Uh, for these two teams and you know Rafford's just got to keep discipline and because notoriously Pulaski uh, when it, when it goes to the discipline meter uh Rafford's on a whole nother level than Pulaski and so when you put athletes who I think honestly Pulaski Pulaski's a bigger school than us I, I'm baffled year in and year out how they don't produce the athletes like Rafford does and maybe we're blessed I don't know but then you throw in coaches that I'm not talking anything about Coach Canoy. He's a really good guy, and I think he's a good basketball coach. But when you put him on the same sideline as Coach Cormany and the whole entire staff um, that the boys have, I mean, Pulaski, I, I, it's hard for me to believe that those two dudes that weren't able to play for Pulaski this first game would have made a huge difference, uh, a 30-point a 30, a 30 margin difference. But uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see in, in the rubber match.
1: Do you know when that second match is against them?
0: I do not. I know the girls play them middle January, so maybe it's around that. Not on the same day. (laughs) We won't go back to that, though.
1: Nah, maybe we'll get one.
0: Or it is on the same day, but not the same location.
1: Well, ours has to be – the boys have to play at Pulaski coming up, and your game in January is at Pulaski. We know that for sure. So it could be. Yeah. We
0: also Probably. have a home. Yeah. I mean, we have. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but hey, so yeah, P- Rafferty looked really good against Pulaski. We we're excited. Yeah. They won by thirty-one. They doubled the score in Pulaski. Shut them down. JJ Gully had twelve points in the first half. He was twelve of the fourteen scored zero in the second half. They made halftime adjustments. People scored. Elijah Kelly looks like the stud of the year right now for us, along with Landon and and, and Gavin. Gavin had 14 that night, and so Gavin had a, a solid night too. But then we look at our trip to Greenbrier East last night, which we finally found the broadcast link to that about the second half. And the boys trailed most of the game and had a chance to win the game at the end. Uh, we could talk and debate, uh, whether or not we thought that was a foul or not. Pretty sure we both think it is. And, uh, but Michael boys won by 31. And then they lose the very next night. Let's, let's break that down. What do you think? Yes. I mean,
1: yeah, well, first off, there's a lot of things to think. I want to say, first off, it's tough to play two nights in a row. I mean, you see it in the NBA a lot when they have to play a back to back you always fade the team playing the back-to-back because uh, they're most likely either not going to win as much of a margin or they're going to lose the game outright. Um, so it, it's tough to play it back-to-back, especially when you're coming off a game, even though it was a very lopsided. A lot of emotions coming into that Pulaski County game. A lot of hustle coming into that game. And when you kind of put out a lead like that, the lead ended up being very large, but it was close at half. So when you're rolling over into the next night, it's tough. I will say, like you said, Bobcats were down basically 10 to 12 all night um, and had to fight back. The This is the one thing I thought coming into the Pulaski County game, it just didn't affect us in the Pulaski game, that I felt did affect us in this game. Uh, Greenbrier were able to rebound very efficiently against the Bobcats um, yesterday. Yeah. And I thought I felt like we don't we don't have a true big man, so to speak, like, you know, normal, like a lot of times we'll have, you know, an Alex Knipe or a John Woods or a Miles Jones or a someone at the end of the day. And even going back, I mean, even further,
0: Jerome Alexander, uh,
1: The list goes on and on. We have a guy, when push comes to shove, I'm going to box you out, and I'm going to get a rebound.
0: Yeah.
1: Or I'm going to put myself on the block, I'm going to get the basketball, and I'm going to score, period. Yeah. So I think that is going to hurt this team this season. The game of basketball has changed. I mean, you know, it's threes or dunks nowadays, especially in college and NBA. Yeah. And I think you're seeing that in high school as well. So, but at this level, You need a guy who's going to get you the rebound when you need it. And late in that game, there was a lot of second-chance opportunities for the other team, and and it really would have helped if the Bobcats could secure especially when they're trailing. Now, if we go to that last play, I would argue it is a foul now. That being said, if the Bobcats weren't down 12 the whole game, we wouldn't have got ourselves in that situation because we were basically down 12 with until four minutes ago. Then we battled back. So,
0: Well, and I think the rebounding w- was the big difference maker in the state quarter – state semifinal game last year against Union. Um, and we talked about that when we broadcasted that one from Calvary Baptist Church Basement, you know, when we watched it online and brought it on to uh, the broadcast. But we, I remember talking about – we weren't rebounding well in that game and and it costed us. So I think you make a good point, Michael, that, um, you know, rebounding could be an issue this year when push comes to shove. And, um, and I think um, getting defensive stops, but um, last night I think we gave a lot of dribble drive penetration and coach Cormier talked about that even against Friday night. He said, I think we gave up, you know, a handful of straight line drives to the basket that he wasn't pleased with and I think we saw that more Saturday and there was a lot of variables to to bring in. Greenbrier East wanted Rafford, you know, out of state opponents had their, their target on Rafford. They were, they're amped up, fired up, ready to roll against us. Um, And we just played the night before for the first time and game shape and practice shape is nearly impossible to match. Uh, It's just different. And then you get on a bus the very next day after a one hour shoot around and for two hours and go play another game. Um, lots of variables. Now, the big challenge for our boys is going to be this Tuesday night, when, or I should say Tuesday afternoon at 3.30, when they travel down to play Runa Catholic. For those listening right now, Runa Catholic Runner Catholic, beat Greensbri- Greenbrier East by around 13 to 14 points already. It's going to be a challenge.
1: Yeah, I, I think it will be a challenge. Um, the one thing that the Bobcats obviously have, um you got some time off uh, you got some you got i assume they didn't practice today which is sunday yeah um now but, too right <laughs> but you have a couple of days of no games you, you you're going down and traveling and the one thing that other coaches don't have is that's coach Cormany. and so we know they're going to watch some film they're going to put a game plan together and they're going to attack i mean there's no other team that can compete with the coaching staff that we have on the sideline, So if we take it from there, yes, this game is going to be tough, um, but you got to start somewhere. So we're going to be able to watch film. We're going to be able to attack at it. Um, Like I said, it's tough to play two games in a row. Um, I'm curious to see what the game's going to look like on Tuesday. I don't know what the other team have, but it is scary when you just drop a game to a team when you are trailing most of the game. Um, and then to say they beat them by double digits, um, it's interesting. It's kind of, you know, not great to see.
0: Yeah, I still stand by. I think the big, the big thing to watch this year for the boys, their biggest test totally would be that Fort Chiswell Christmas tournament. And not this week, but the week after Christmas. Um, three games in a row. No matter what, competing for a championship. A lot of young guys. Hostile environment. And so the Christmas tournament's always fun. I still have my eyes set on that game as being – or those three games as being um, a pivotal moment. It's either going to be a learning moment or it's going to be like getting over a hurdle here early in the season as some young guys. And so I think that one's going to be a big growth spurt uh, for the Bobcats. And we all know Coach Cormody gets pretty fired up for that tournament. And so it would be good to see some of these younger guys get exposed to – that fire here early, and uh, and I can't wait. I mean, Tuesday's game is going to be interesting to listen to or, and to watch, but I think that Christmas tournament the following week is going to be the biggie still.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the 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 frustrating thing is, and you kind of said this before, the expectation is to win that tournament. I mean, yeah. everyone comes into that tournament wanting to play Radford because if you could knock off Radford in that tournament, you've essentially locked up the tournament.
0: Yeah, you want to win uh, the tournament, you got to beat Radford first, second or third
1: night. Right. I mean, take your take your pick which one it is, but you got to beat them. Yeah. So you, you know, but th- but that being said, the Bobcats play a tough schedule every year. Yeah. I mean, they play above the division they're playing in when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. So really playing in, a, in the Christmas tournament is more playing the teams you might see in the playoffs, but the schedule outside of these um district games and things like that it's much harder than the bobcats will play um in the playoffs so you know take these with a grain of salt like you said early on this may be a little bit of a different season it may not be the 32 and one season we saw a few years ago or whatever it was and when we steamrolled everybody and beat everybody by 20 uh it may be a couple we got to grind some of these wins out we may take some losses early to to see how it goes um but that's the one thing about high school basketball. I mean, it's a it's an ebbs and flows sport. You never know what you're going to get night in and night out, and that's why you always have to tune in.
0: Yeah. Before we finish up this conversation for this week's uh, episode, Michael, real quick question I didn't tell you I was going to ask you. Watching the boys now for two nights, the first two games of the season, who do you think is going to be the under-the-radar player for us that really makes the biggest difference? We know Elijah Kelly. We know Landon Clark. We know Who's the most under the radar guy right now that you're going to put that name out there right now, and you think that's going to have a big season?
1: Um, let's see. Well, I I was hoping you were going to say who's going to be our best player because I would have just put my money on Elijah Kelly. Um, I I think a lot of guys have potential to be really good for the Bobcats this year. I think Parker Prelo has potential to be a very good under the radar. Um, and he's obviously not an under-the-radar guy because of who his family is. But the defense that he showed me against Pulaski, I was very impressed with. Yeah. Um, I also think uh, that guys like Joseph Mitchell and Max Knipe and Thomas Grant have potential to be under-the-radar guys in the paint for the Bobcats. I mean, we need guys to step up to, and rebound, and we need guys to step up and clog the paint up. I think those guys have potential to do that. Um, it just kind of depends on which one of them is going to step up and do so. Um, also, you you kind of said this earlier in the broadcast that, you know, Gavin Cormany had 14 points against Pulaski. If you'd have asked me how many points he had, he, he had I probably would have guessed eight or nine. I didn't feel like he was as involved in the game as, as 14 points is. Right. So, to be honest with you, Uh, You can take this for whatever grain of salt you wish. I would love to see him actually step up. Um, I know it's very hard to fill um, Cam Cormany's shoes, especially as a sophomore, Um, but the Bobcats are going to need him, especially once teams um, hone in on who Elijah Kelly is. Um, Once teams figure out who Elijah Kelly is and what he can do, Gavin Cormody has to be able to um, control the offense and knock down the three. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, in Gavin, no brothers want to compare themselves with one another. Gavin and Cam are two different kind of style of players. You know, Cam's going to shoot the rock. He's going to let it fly. Gavin's a guy that likes to dribble and get around defenders. And, and really, he's a, he's more of a pass-first kind of guy. I was talking to some of the coaches on Saturday, and they said, you know, we really want Gavin looking for a shot more, but he's not. He's not as hungry as for a shot that we want him to be right now. And so Landon is, you know, which is good. Lane's going to shoot the ball well. And Landon hit two straight threes against Greenbrier East. That gave us the lead for a split moment that got us back in the game. And then, like you said, under the radar, Joseph Mitchell hit a huge three. Uh, that that gave us a one-point lead even late. And so, if you didn't get to watch the game, I know we've been talking about it, probably should have explained it at the beginning. Rafford down by one, took a timeout, Coach Cormany, and they drew a play, had a great look. Gavin got totally hit and and bumped, no call. um, And still, with the shot, had a chance going in. It was a little short. But uh, I also think Elijah Kelly didn't have to give that ball up. I'm thinking maybe the play was drawn that way. But Elijah got to the lane. I think if he took one huge stride like he's got with his long wingspan, he could have probably just finger-rolled it in for the game winner. Um, but that's neither here nor there now. Still a good shot no matter what uh, for the win last night.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um, when the play was happening, you could you could almost feel like he rushed to stop and pass that ball off, almost like he was told, hey, you're going to pass this ball off because they. It, it's almost like everyone knows Elijah Kelly is going to get the ball, so we're going to purposely not give Elijah Kelly the ball at the end. And, and it almost seemed like it was inevitably going to happen that way. And yeah. so I, I agree. I wish he would have just attacked the basket. Um, and I love I, – I think the the play is great. Cause the, the play was that I'm going to attack the basket regardless of who was attacking, but no offense in basketball. When I'm running towards the basket, a guy's running towards me and we run into each other like a wall. That is a, that is a foul. (laughs) And I'm going to the line.
0: And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened with Gavin.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's, you know, the game's over again. If we hadn't been down by 12, the whole game that wouldn't have mattered, but it is frustrating um, that it happened that way.
0: I do want to say this
1: Bobcats got to hit more free throws
0: than what they did the first two games.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Right. Couldn't, couldn't echo that any
0: louder. Hey, what do we got this week, Michael?
1: Yeah. So you would ask me when I just pulled it down. (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, So there's no games on Monday. Uh girls and boys both play on Tuesday. Hey. Girls, girls play hey. at, at Fort hey. in their <laughs> Christmas tournament. Let's go. We got, we got the J V girls playing at eleven AM uh uh-huh. versus Tazewell. And yep. it looks like the girls varsity it says at noon.
0: Yep. Two different we'll gyms. At
1: Fort, two different gyms. Okay. Yep. We'll play at noon against Taswell as well. And that's at twelve o'clock. Two different gyms. Um, can you do? You, can you out mission for one and get into both, or you got to buy mission to both? I think
0: you do one and get both.
1: I like that. Love that. Um, Bobcat Sports Live will not be in attendance for that game on Tuesday. And as far as I know, we might. Could be. Nope, I work during the day. It's during the day. <laughs> Uh, boys play as well on Tuesday, not a Christmas tournament. Their Christmas tournament is after Christmas. They play at Roanoke Catholic at two o'clock, the JV and then at 3:30 at Roanoke Catholic, uh, the boys game at 330. That will probably be on the VHS uh, VHSL uh, app. On Wednesday, the girls still in the Christmas tournament, who they play and what time will be determined. you'll have to follow us follow us. On Bobcats Sports Live, we'll post the results. We'll post who they're playing, when they're playing. But again, the boys and girls will both be playing. Or, excuse me, the varsity and junior varsity will both be playing. Also, wrestling match at William Byrd on Wednesday, December the twenty-second. Don't have a time for that yet. It's still TBD. Um, And then the girls' third day of the Christmas tournament on Thursday, when they'll be in the championship. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Sorry, multitasking. <laughs> because Laney Klein will have uh a double double every, every night. That's right.
0: I mean, that's why I tell right. her. I tell her I you better have a double double. <laughs>
1: All right. I think so that's the week coming up. I'm excited about it.
0: <laughs> Always exciting in Bobcat territory. Hey, listen, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode and a lot of Bobcat action going on even before the Christmas season. So take a like on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, share us on Spotify even right now. And uh, we'll see how the Bobcats do this week. And we'll be right back with you next week to give you all the recap of what's happening this coming week and what's happening next week. Michael Davis, Timothy Worlds, and as always, it's a great day to be a Bobcat.